Hey everybody, welcome to Cinema Trip Reviews. I am Wyatt, and today on the show we're going to be talking about Smile. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cinema Trip Reviews. I am Wyatt, and before we get into today's show, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Go follow us on Twitter at Cinema Trip Views. Follow us on Instagram at Cinema Trip Reviews because I just got that started. So go over and hit us up with a follow there. And also go check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're pretty much available everywhere. So drop in, watch our episodes, and leave us a good review there as well. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Smile. This movie released at the very end of September, early October. Uh, if you watched my last review for A24's Men, you would know that I am uh, right in the middle of November here. I usually catch up with a lot of the movies I may have missed um, over the course of the year so far. Uh, and that unfortunately started with Men. Uh, if you haven't seen that review, uh, go check it out. If you haven't seen the movie Men, you're not really missing much because it's pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> well, this is a relatively new movie. Um, it, I just haven't gotten a chance to see it. There's been just so much going on. But this movie has officially been released on Paramount Plus. So I was like, fuck, I got to check this out. Uh, it's right at my fingertips. So I uh, gave it a watch and. It wasn't bad. I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect going into the movie just because I, I've only seen like one preview of it in the movies. I forget even what movie I was, I saw at the time. Uh, but I remember seeing the preview for it there. Oh, uh, but it looked kind of creepy. It looked a little atmospheric. It definitely looked kind of out there. It had a very, uh, it follows vibe. I know a lot of people were kind of comparing it to that movie for, pretty good reasons it's very similar to that in uh you know just the concept of the movie um but you know i was i generally liked the movie after it was over i mean i i have some nitpicks with it more so with the ending of the movie now this was the directorial debut of parker finn i thought it was a very solid you know first feature film for somebody uh, a lot of creative shots in there uh i didn't think it was a bad film Overall, I thought it was very enjoyable. I was entertained throughout. But this movie does star Sozie Bacon as Rose. You got Kyle Gowner as Joel. I haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, maybe he's just not on anything in my radar here as of recently. Uh, but he was a lot in a lot of like horror movies in like the mid to late 2000s, uh, like Jennifer's Body, uh, The Nightmare on Elm Street remake, uh, and I believe like Haunting in Connecticut. He was in as well, um, but you also got Jesse T. Usher, who plays Trevor. It was like uh, Rose's husband or, or fiance in the movie. A lot of people know him from The Boys. That's where I know him from. Um, I have a little bit, a couple, couple complaints about his character as well, but that's more of like a, a casting choice, but we'll get to that here in a minute. And then you got Caitlin Stacy as Laura, the patient that you see in a lot of the the promotional marketing and in the trailer. She is the, the one that, you know, starts you know, kickstarts the movie here, which we're going to get into the basic plot of quick. Rose is a psychiatrist that works at a hospital. She has the patient named Laura that that comes in. Uh, she just went through a traumatic experience. She saw, like, I, th I believe it was her college professor, like, killed himself in front of her. She says she's seeing people like that and that's wearing like masks like faces of people that she knew or knows and they keep telling her that she's gonna die and like they're gonna kill her uh going just through some crazy shit she's going through like a breakdown mental breakdown at this point rose doesn't really know what to do and then she she really flips out she starts like seems like she's being attacked like it was something from a nightmare on elm street you know chick getting thrown all over the walls and just crawling all over the floor now in the short of it like you see in the trailer she does end up killing herself in front of rose which kickstart like the curse of the movie here um and it's it's very similar to like the ring and it follows it's like if if the ring and it follows had a baby 
because the curse itself is if you have the curse and you kill yourself in front of somebody, they have, they said nobody lasts more than a week, I guess, the way that they they kind of go back and look at the history of this curse is going on, but nobody lasts more than a week. Some people only last like four days, uh, but most of these people end up killing themselves in front of somebody else. And that's pretty much the chain reaction of the curse. Um, and with It Follows, it was more like, like kind of an STD thing where like if you have sex with somebody, then like this entity is going to chase them and try to kill them until you have sex with somebody else and that's how you pass it on. Well, this one, you pass it on by killing yourself in front of somebody. Um, and as you go through the movie, you find out there may be a loophole that's, you know, as, as a part of this, that way you could possibly get out of it. The style of the movie itself, I did I did like the creepiness and overall atmosphere of the movie. I feel like they were trying to be a little bit too A24, if you know if anybody gets what I'm what I'm throwing down here. Uh, just the way that some of the shots and some of the music were, were used, it just it seemed like they were trying to copy that A24 formula that's been working for them so well, except for men. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm a big fan of a 24. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just me. If anybody else has the same feeling, just, you know, let me know in the comments. Uh, but I got a very a 24 vibe out of it and it's not, and it wasn't really a good vibe. It felt like they were tr like purposely trying to copy that, you know, that feeling of dread and atmosphere that you get from a 24. Um, but I really only got it from maybe like the first half of this movie. I feel like the second half of the movie kind of goes away from that. Um, but overall I, I genuinely liked the creepiness of this movie and a lot of the atmosphere and a lot of the music they used in it was very interesting and, and, and different than what we are accustomed to in a lot of, you know, big budget horror that's out there. But there were, were a lot of genuinely creepy creepy scenes in this movie not long after she she gets the this curse and she's she starts seeing visions and certain things like that and she's in her house alone and she she hears something and she goes and like the door's cracked open she thinks that there's somebody in her house uh and she calls the police and the police they seem normal at first until they tell her we're like well are you sure there's nobody in the house you may want to look behind you and i was like oh shit what's going on and that's really one of the first times in the movie that this thing is sort of like toying with her and playing with her and making her feel and doing stuff and going within her subconscious and she's doing stuff that she she actually isn't doing in real life and that it happens a couple different points in this movie where she's doing something and all of a sudden she'll snap out of it and she'll she, she'll be in a whole completely different area or she'll be doing something completely different and it was all in her head um and i i like those parts of the movie they i really do and there's a, there's a couple other really creepy parts uh and especially once we get towards the ending now i would say probably my main like nitpick of the movie is with the main character after you know, her patient Laura killed herself in front of her. She really goes into a state of like paranoia very fast. Like everything kind of kicks off really fast. There is no slow burn to this. Like it starts taking into effect very quickly. And I feel like with this movie, it would have worked if they would have went with it a, more of a slow burn kind of route. But they, they really put their foot on the gas and this chick was going through it real quick um and not long after that happened you're starting to get into some of the big shit like once i mentioned like she thought someone was in the house uh you had that jump scare with the phone and everything uh you have the the huge birthday party scene she goes to her nephew's birthday party and she gives him a present and it's 
spoiler alert, it's her her cat that went missing. She ended up killing it and putting it in this box and giving it to her nephew in front of her sister, in front of her her you know her brother in law, in front of all of their friends and her her nephew's friends. It's such an uncomfortable scene, man, and it's it's so. I feel like the way they played it out, it's supposed to be scary and unsettling where it was just very awkward and kind of funny in a way. I, I don't know. I don't know if anybody else got that feeling, but I was like, no fucking way. They, she put that cat in a box, but like there's other than them mentioning that the cat was missing. They don't hint at it at all until it happens. And I feel like maybe they could have dropped a couple hints here and there up until that happened. But man, they, they really went for the shock value for the surprise on that scene but more power to him, and I mean, it worked. The other nitpick I had, and this is a very minor nitpick, Jesse T. Usher, he is a decent actor. I like him in The Boys as A-Train. In this movie, though, I don't think he had great chemistry with Sosie Bacon, especially in some of the scenes where she really starts going through it, especially like after the birthday party scene. Uh, he just really doesn't know what to do at that point. He's just, you know, at a loss. Um, and in, and normally, and I feel like in a if that situation actually happened, I know this movie is is bonkers. This really wouldn't happen with like a curse and everything. Um, but in that situation, I feel like the husband would be very concerned, of course, um, but he would also try to get her the help that she needs um, in a kind of a caring, loving way. But no, this dude is just like, bro, you need to get some fucking help. Like, I don't know you anymore. Uh, it just seemed like he was just completely like over her at that point. He was done with her. He's like, I don't want to be around you anymore. Um, whereas like, I don't know if, if that was really her husband or her fiance, I feel like he would have been there for her more. Um, I know she just killed your cat and had put it in a box and gave it to her nephew. Um, but I, I feel like I just wasn't buying that relationship that they had in this movie. I know he's really not that big of a part of the movie though. So, I mean, it, it really doesn't take you out of the movie. It was just some, my, my analysis. Over the course of this movie, you have at least seven days, you know, to try to figure out what you're going to do before you end up either like getting possessed and killing yourself because of this curse. Um, so it, it's kind of like the it follows like what I mentioned and the ring in that sort of sense. But it's also sort of like the ring because she's really trying to dive in and figure out why this curse is happening in a way or what's causing this curse or what was the chain of events within this curse. She's trying to kind of do an investigation with it. Uh, and that's where uh, Kyle Gowner comes into play. He's like the police officer that was there. And I, they had a previous relationship from what you, you find out, but his part of the story, he's really just there to kind of help her out throughout the, this point of the story uh, because he is part of the police. He can go in like the, the database and see the, the, the chain of events that is going on, like, all these suicides and who witnessed them and the, all the events leading up to Rose in this case. Uh, and they go back all, uh, all this way until they find somebody that, that broke that curse at one point and survived. And what that person did, they ended up killing somebody instead of them killing themselves. They went out and killed somebody. And then the witness of that murder is the one that the curse passed on to. Uh, so she goes and has a, a, a actual like sit down with the dude in jail. Uh, and she even like tries to play it off. Like my friend has it. Like I, I need to know how to get rid of it. And he tells her like the only way to do it is you got to kill somebody, have a witness there. Uh, and then she, she lets it slip that as her and he starts freaking out. He doesn't want anywhere near this chick. Doesn't want anywhere near that curse. But at this point in the movie, she's so far gone. She's so paranoid. She's having visions all the time. Stuff is happening that really isn't happening. And she snaps out of it, like I mentioned. 
Um, and she, at, I mean, you really think like she's probably going to go out and kill somebody. She's probably going to go out and kill somebody to try to break this curse, man. While you're thinking that she goes back like to the hospital and she, she runs into like one of the patients that, that you see a couple times in the movie and you have, she has a vision of her just stabbing the shit out of this dude. And you have like the, the head of the hospital played by like Cal Penn, who I haven't seen him in a long time. It was really cool seeing him in a movie. Um, but you have a, 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 I was not expecting this. And this is just part of her dream and her vision that she's having. While she's just stabbing the shit out of this dude, he's screaming in her face. And she turns around and the doctor and like the head of the hospital is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like freaking out. And then he starts peeling his face off, which was one of the coolest effects in the movie. I know it was a lot of CG, but I thought that was cool as shit how they did that and I, I just wasn't expecting it at all they do a very good job of that in this movie is they is averting your expectations until the very end until the very end and I, I mentioned that I do have a problem with the end but for the most part they do have a they do a good job of averting your expectations now at the beginning of the movie and through the course of this movie you get little brief glimpses of Rose's past uh, and she has a lot of trauma it's a movie about trauma. It's a movie about trauma. And the movie is about trauma. They made a movie about female trauma. And that's, that's really what this movie really is about, is trauma. This is what trauma looks like. She has a, a, a dark past where her mom was really going through something. You don't really know if it was the curse or if... She was just have she was just having an overdose or something, but she was going through it. She was like overdosing, it seemed, on her bed. And Rose was there as a kid and she refused to help. And her mom ended up dying. Uh, and she decides to go back to the source of this trauma. Family trauma. And that's like just her old house, and it's all just busted down and just falling apart. Uh, you know, just a great place to go to end a horror movie. She goes in there and she she confronts like the ghost of her mom or not even the ghost. It's just this this curse, this thing that's playing with her and toying with her. And you get a, a very dark scene of her confronting her mother. And it, it's it's so just kind of depressing in a way up until man, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it up until it turns. And, you know, her mom gets that smile on her face and she starts getting bigger and she turns into Marilyn Manson. It's crazy. Marilyn Manson attacks this girl. <laughs> no, but seriously, this this weird, like tall, gangly, like witch looking thing. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of like the the weird thing at the end of Record or Wreck, how some people say it. If you haven't seen that found footage movie from all those years ago, definitely go check out Wreck. Um, it can kind of remind me of that mixed with Marilyn Manson a little bit, especially some of the close-up shots and shit. But man, this thing was creepy as fuck, chasing her throughout this house and everything. And just like I mentioned with averting expectations, she like lights this house on fire and she really thinks she kills Marilyn Manson in there. And she she escapes and it, it, it kind of baits you and it does the bait and switch with the fake ending here. She she You think she goes on with her life. She goes and she runs into her uh, Joel. She goes to his apartment. And she, she's telling about everything, and then he gets that, that smile on his face, and then she realizes it's not over, and she runs out of his house, and it's her running out of her old house. She, everything was in her head, just like we saw over through the past, you know, a couple times in this movie. It was all in her head. She's back at that house. She didn't light it on fire. She just kind of walked out the door. It was all in her mind. So she has to go back in that house and face Marilyn Manson once and for all. 
And and this was my problem with the movie. I just feel like going from the fake ending, which which really worked to that, you know, the, the actual ending to the movie, it, it felt very flat. It felt very expected at that point. So I felt they could have did a lot more with it. Like, I feel like you maybe could have had her still die or somebody die be, because of her. You know, I, I just with her just kind of killing herself there, it was just kind of expected of the curse. You know, every, you know, if she didn't solve it, that's what was going to happen anyway. And I guess that's maybe the point, but it just felt very flat coming off of that fake ending with everything, with how bananas some of this movie went. I feel like it maybe should have pushed the envelope a little further with the ending, if you know what I mean. But overall, I really enjoyed the movie. It exceeded my expectations. Uh, I really didn't know what to expect after watching the trailer. I didn't. I kind of went into it with low expectations, especially after seeing Men last week, which I didn't get the chance to see when it first came out, and that movie was god awful. Uh, so I kind of went in here with this with low expectations, and especially with some of the trailer, I, I wasn't really quite sold. It looked like it had some some interesting, you know, scary moments because you know how trailers are—they really kind of spoil a lot of the. You know, a lot of the good stuff, a lot of the juicy stuff in the movies, especially with this trailer. I feel like the the part where her sister runs out of the house to her car and you see her head just swing down in front of the window. I feel like if they would have saved that for the movie, you would have got a genuine pop out of some people, a genuine scare for us from some people. But these 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 marketing teams, they have a, a way of just ruining some of the best scares in these movies before they even release. Uh, and I hate them for it. And I'm at the point now where I'm just going to stop watching trailers before I watch movies because it ruins it. Because I feel like that that scare in the movie would have genuinely worked for a lot of people. And it, w- it, it would have surprised me, that's for sure. Um, but I, since I saw the trailer, I knew it was coming. What he's in marketing that's watching this, stop doing this shit. We hate it. Especially trailers that are showing the whole movie in the trailer like it it just doesn't make sense to me i understand you want people to know the plot of the movie but you don't have to show them every beat of it 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 just doesn't make sense i just had to uh go on a riff because it just it's pissing me off for years uh and I, i hate it i'm sick of them doing it stop doing it out of like a buy it rent it or miss it type thing um i would say rent it I would definitely say don't miss it. Um, I do recommend this movie for anybody that is kind of on the line or unsure about it. I definitely recommend going into it. It has a lot of great atmosphere, a lot of uh, good tension in it, has a lot of cool ideas, a lot of uh, crazy special effects. They do a lot of cool stuff in this movie um, and a lot of stuff that you're that's going to uh, put you on the edge of your seat. And like I mentioned before, it does do a very good job of um, averting your expectations of what you think is going to happen next. Um but overall, I, I did really enjoy this movie. Uh, definitely recommend it for anybody that's kind of on the on the line or unsure about seeing it. But yeah, that's the review for this week. Uh, on next week's episode, Alex is going to be joining me once again. We're going to be talking about the classic Planes, Trains, and Automobiles starring Steve Martin and John Candy. Such a great movie. I know it's one of Alex's favorites. Uh, so we're going to have a blast talking about that one. So stay tuned. And all as always, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Go follow us on Twitter at CinemaTripV. Follow us on Instagram at Cinema Trip Reviews, and also go check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're available pretty much everywhere. Drop in and leave us a good review, and we're going to see everybody next week. 